<laughs> here, here comes the coffer. I'm paraphrasing MC yes. Hammer yet again. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Here comes the coffer. Mr. Koffer, what are we discussing today? We are trying to see why are you stuck in a rut by using only one device. Which device? Apparently iOS, because you're using the iPad. <laughs> Aren't you a master troll, man? I like it very much, but yeah. That's... <coughs> oh, okay. No. But that's not exactly true. Yeah, we are discussing mobile platforms today. And the reason why we are doing that is less than obvious, but still fun for us, if nothing else. And that might extend into future episodes, actually, uh, to a discussion that's going to be related to uh, mobile platforms, but less mobile phones, more mobile-like laptops, because uh, Apple finally woke up and introduced some new laptops, and M2 has finally seen the light of day in uh, MacBook Pro and Mac Mini. But that's uh, that's a topic for another day. So today we are discussing our mutual love slash hate towards mobile OSs. And this might include, but not be limited to, some of the OSs that are not being used anymore as well. <coughs> okay. So. Do you want to do a history lesson or do we want to just get head, head start, like head into it? Let's do a quick history lesson. Let's start with the Linux on mobile. Holy moly. It's all about Linux. Yes, it always was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it always was because uh, whatever, uh, however you look at it, people started using Linux when they started using and developing uh, OS X and then iOS. And people started using Linux when they developed Android. So uh, yes, but that's not the starting point of the discussion of mobile OSs. That's for sure. Windows-based uh, operating systems for mobile devices existed way before that. Yes, but uh, let's start with uh, two devices and two uh, operating systems that, that we all used. First, I used the third one as well. Okay, let's define what what is the first one and the third one. Uh, first okay. one was Symbian. Okay, then we have at least four of them. That's good. I used Symbian for at least six years. So let's start with the dumb phones. Dumb phones basically mm -hmm. didn't have anything. They had custom-made operating systems for whatever the phone was. Uh, dumb phones uh, were when back back day uh, back in the day when Panasonic. Uh, did phones when uh, Samsung did dumb phones when Samsung almost gave up on the phones uh, um, Siemens Siemens mobile existed Ericsson existed yes. uh, Sony existed then Sony Ericsson existed then uh, a couple of mergers later uh, Nokia was still the king so Nokia had an enormous amount of phones on the market mm -hmm. then we had non-dumb phones but let's say uh, there were basically PDAs with phone functionality. So yeah, Asus, 
A series 636 and some of the others. I, I had one of those. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go with the first. Let's start with the Treo. Mm -hmm. Let's start with uh, Blackberry. Yeah. I used BlackBerry as well for five or six years, and I still maintain that it's the best platform for me. I think that for for anybody who is actually using the, the technology, uh, BlackBerry was the best best platform. Uh, my only gripe with BlackBerry was that BlackBerry, however you, you look at it, was basically designed by somebody who was from the United States, mm. who knew how to organize things, mm. but who hasn't seen a GSM phone. Uh, in action, but instead try to uh, create the phone phone from from scratch. So, okay, problems that BlackBerry had mm -hmm. were basically that it was, I would say, a mid-range to low-range phone, but it was a great uh, architecture and great platform to work on. So you had an amazing email experience for the time. Mm -hmm. You had an amazing messaging experience for the time. Mm -hmm. You had uh, amazing battery life because the, if I remember correctly, the battery life for the normal BlackBerry was something like a week. I remember that when I had the last one. Yeah, it was at least four or five days, no sweat. Yes, and the the, the uh, screens were, I would say, worse than today. But at the same time, they weren't worse because they were uh, much better behaving uh, on full sun and outside. So you actually had a device that was usable when you had to use it to, I don't know, reply to an email. But mm. they were purpose-made devices. So the reason why BlackBerry wasn't so successful is because you couldn't game on it. There were, there were a couple of games, but it wasn't meant for gaming. It was actually meant as a business phone business phone or a phone for a person who actually wanted to communicate and that's it uh you're completely correct on gaming except for one thing which i know is a little bit you know being very uh, i'm being a little bit picky but i can tell you from personal experience that blackberry had the best sudoku game ever yes but those were the games that were extremely casual games and basically they were an afterthought Yes. They were intended. They were intended for a particular usage case. So basically, a business person uh, bored out of his out of his mind uh, while traveling. So Sudoku, so uh, crossword puzzles, so uh, Flappy Bird. So basically, uh, games that wouldn't even be considered games. Games today. today. Yes, I completely agree with you. Then we had. Uh, you know what else BlackBerry phones had that I really liked. Mm, they had a few things but yeah you, you mentioned a battery that's good you said that they were really good devices for business users very much correct there was one more very very important thing for the time which was that they were um most of the subscriptions were unlimited yes they, they were unlimited and they had uh uh, basically a proxy server able to process the web pages so the web pages looked correctly on the given screen mm -hmm. and they uh, had an amazing ability to not uh, to, uh, to have a quick presentation of all the pages because they were able to uh, keep the bandwidth uh, usage to, to a minimum. 
mm-hmm. because they were pre-processing the pages on the server side. So they were expensive for the operators. But at the same time, your experience was good because even if the page itself was, I don't know, 10 megabytes, uh, it was uh, scaled down to your screen. So it took half a, meg- half a megabyte or so. So it looked correct. Mm-hmm. It looked nice. It was quick to load. And I actually don't remember having any problems with pop-ups, uh, having any problems with... Uh, Never ads, had a ads, single ads issue with that. You're correct. So this was something that BlackBerry did good. Mm-hmm. And then we came to an inflection point. BlackBerry was good. BlackBerry had... What was it? Sixty percent of the market. At one given point, I think there, yeah, there was something like over half, over half of the market, which was insane. So for the dumb phones, Nokia was over eighty percent of the market, probably. It was, yeah, at, at one point in time, uh, way before the smartphones started. Correct. And before we go to the go to the big discussion about what is uh, current and what is okay today and what is not okay today, I must say that I miss old Nokia. I don't miss uh, the lack of functionality, but I miss the Nokia that had enough money to experiment. So uh, the Nokia phones, uh, especially the, uh, the seven series, the Nokia phones that you could that you could uh, actually uh, use the there was that seventy six fifty I think it was uh, that looked like a stick and they had a rotary dial for uh, for a keyboard. There were a couple of devices that had the uh, keys uh, uh, arranged in a circle. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of devices. That they had very nice slide devices yes, that had... used to break a lot actually because of the the way in which the, the... yes, but but I think that the uh, diversity uh, inside the Nokia range was amazing. I would actually second that uh, wholeheartedly. Everything that you said, I was a heavy Nokia user. I still remember all the communicators that I used. I wrote my, you know, uh, like a college degree thesis for it as well. I have nothing but fond memories of these devices that stood the test of time until the smartphones arrived, which is where Nokia fell asleep. Yes, and the other problem was that uh, when Nokia was experimenting, everybody else was uh, experimenting. Mm -hmm. So there was a series of devices by Siemens that were basically pendants and they were actually made to be wearable devices. Mm -hmm. So uh, the intention was that the phone should be more jewelry than the phone so the idea was for you to be able to uh, answer the calls when you had them but you weren't supposed to be using the phone as a primary communication device it was just meant to be able to be worn as a a extension of your bracelet or something yes accessory Mm -hmm. so basically not an extension of a bracelet as an actual bracelet yeah okay that's good and they uh even uh, said that they are going to be uh, releasing, I, it, I think it was three different models each quarter or each year. Uh, so basically, I think that what came and what was then uh, interesting is uh, that the phones were interesting, but the phones themselves were pretty rudimental. So they got stuck in, you could uh, basically call, text, 
receive MMS, and that was it. Oh, that's very wrong. Uh, even Symbian devices had uh, Garmin XT, so they had GPS too. And but, they had various other functionalities for email, etc. But yes, they were a little bit clunky to use in that respect. But, but, but that, I, uh, that I, much is true. I'm talking about the pre-Symbian era. Uh, okay. Then the Symbian era came to, uh, came to life. Uh, Symbian started uh, creating an environment where a phone could actually look different but had the same operating system. So this operating system itself uh, had a architecture that people could actually write for. Mm -hmm. So I think that development of mobile phones in that given point in time actually uh, was following what happened years before when the uh, PCs uh, came to life. Hmm. Because we first had IBM 360 or whatever, we had systems that were mutually incompatible, then came compatibility, then systems became divergently uh, different in such a way. So there were gaming systems, uh, desktop workstations, uh, mobile workstations, and so on and so on. So this is what happened to the phones, mm. in, in a way. Okay. Okay, so I think that the problem started when iPhone came out. No, the problem started before that because Android was already on the market back then and already popular and there were so many. Uh, I really respect Steve Jobs a lot, uh, but he made so many derogatory commentary uh, comments on the topic of Android back then before Apple introduced the first iPhone uh, and I think he was wrong, but that was also kind of like proven later when they went to that market and did what they did. But that's beside the point. Uh, I think that uh, your uh, Linux introduction was actually spot on for the smart on mar uh, smartphone market. The importance of Linux cannot be uh, un uh, cannot be overstated. Uh, okay, so let's let's go with the let's go with the flow then, and let's say okay. Uh, after the initial thing with the mobile phones, we had uh, Symbian. Mm -hmm. Ericsson used Symbian, Sony used Symbian, Nokia used Symbian. So basically Symbian became... De facto standard. De facto standard for everything on the market. Except for BlackBerry, yes, which Except was on the site, yes. Yeah, but which was on Java and it was, which was a completely different beast. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then can, and then basically came Android. Then they tried to switch, uh, everybody tried to switch to, uh, to uh, touchscreens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siemens tries to switch to touchscreens uh, by using the basically converting PDAs into touchscreen devices. Treo was such a device. It has a touch. It had a touchscreen. It it was trying to emulate phone functionality on a touchscreen. But the biggest problem that all the phones had then, even the Android phones, mm -hmm. was that they uh, thought that the keyboard needs to be the part of the phone. Uh, yes, but that was an extension of a larger problem, which was that the OS wasn't made for the for the touchscreen. Yes, but uh, I think that, OS that that's why they had the, the clunky keyboards on the yeah, screen, yes, etc. The, the OS wasn't made for the touchscreen because uh, people said, "Okay, we need the keyboard, mm -hmm. so let's create a let's basically uh, clutch the touchscreen uh, on the on the keyboard itself, and let's try to uh, create the." A phone that is going to be used primarily as a keyboard device, and mm -hmm. then the the 
a screen and everything but with the screen came later yeah and that over time that changed over time of course i think that the biggest change was the iphone i completely agree with you on that because the android to be blunt because i love android because i i started on android i was using android for the last what is 16 years whatever uh the first keyboards and the first android devices were clunky they were they uh weren't being uh as useful as they are today they were clunky and they the only difference between uh, them and the first iphones was basically the price and it wasn't only the price but price was the major difference i agree uh, there was really big technical differences there as well it, i'm not talking about the architecture or the, or the chips it was uh, from the standpoint of openness to accept some things uh, android was always way ahead of uh, yes, iOS. yes yes because uh, android was trying to emulate the windows idea yes so on the on the mobile phone yes. to be completely open to be completely compatible with everybody and and everybody and anybody who was trying to make a mobile phone and iphones from the start started with with i'm go we are going to create this phone is going to be it as a as as an ecosystem of its own and then and as, as a hardware platform because yeah. they only had one phone they when they uh, introduced the iphone they said we are going to have an iphone uh iphone pros iphone maxes iphone whatever came later yeah yeah i know but, uh, yeah, yeah the, the the idea is uh the, so what what you said is completely stands to be the truth yes i, I absolutely agree I wanted to share actually a personal story that's actually uh, like a beginning of the story of why I wanted to discuss this today. Uh, you might not know this, actually, although we've known each other for a gazillion years. I was an iPhone user. Okay. I had iPhone 1, okay. which was, um, let's say, donated to me by a, by a family member who uh, was a little bit too old to get used to it. I used it for three months, maybe. And uh, uh, wh while that was happening, while those three, three months were taking place, um, another, let's say, business uh, colleague, friend, asked me if I wanted to sell that to him because yeah, you don't like it, you don't want it, you this, you that, you blah, 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 which he was completely on point. I couldn't stand that device and I can't, couldn't stand them for... A lot of the same reasons why I can't stand them today. I'm not saying I can't stand Apple devices. I'm specifically isolating iPhone from the stack of devices that we are discussing today uh, for reasons that we are going to discuss also a little bit later. So I had it for, let's say, three months and I gave it away to my friend who actually wanted, uh, who actually paid me for it. I was very happy for him to take it away from me. I wanted to give him money to just kind of like get rid of, get me rid of that device because it annoyed me to hell and back. But I'm completely with you because the I was testing the devices. So uh, let's do some background checking. Uh, back then, when the the big change from dumb phones and uh, into smartphones and uh, iPhones and whatever came. Both you and I were in the uh, in the uh, editorial market. We were we are doing the testing for the mo different mobile phones, different hardware uh, architectures, and so on. So, I actually had a job of testing uh, testing phones, mm -hmm. and my primary phone I just remembered was uh, Siemens S thirty uh, five. It was a, it was a small phone that was 
amazing from my point of view. At that time, yes. At that time, yes. Mm -hmm. And then when the iPhone came, the idea was sane, but the execution wasn't. Okay. Uh, first iPhones lacked copy-paste. Yes. First iPhones lacked a lot of things. 3G. Primarily, they lacked uh, the ecosystem that they have today. They so, lacked memory they in, lacked in memory. a couple of different ways. Yes, the screens weren't that good. Uh, phones were comparatively huge. Uh, the price was high. Uh, the reiteration of all of the existing technologies and ideas was very present, omnipresent yes. as it is today. But I think that uh, what is what has continued to go on was that uh, both the iPhones and the Android phones uh, quickly started copying from uh, one another. Uh, yeah, they you, pushed each other forward. Yes. Yes, but if you remember the situation, what 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 it was thirteen years ago, 15, uh, fourteen years ago, when the iPhones came to the market, every time something new uh, was created, either in the, on the Android or uh, on an iPhone, everybody was screaming, "Oh, they're copying, pasting our uh, our existing uh, capabilities." Mm -hmm. Today, nobody is talking about this. And yes. I think that the capabilities are being copy-pasted even more. Agreed. So, for example, the latest capability that the iPhone had was that satellite emergency communication system. And I think that Qualcomm came with a separate uh, separate thing that was basically exactly the same as an idea, not as a, not as a standard, but as an idea. What was it? A month later? Two, yeah. two months later. Yeah. So basically, this means that Qualcomm already had it because there is no way for them to develop it in uh, such a short uh, short time frame. Yeah. So we are talking about uh, two separate ecosystems, basically converging uh, in converging, a sense. Converging, converging in a sense. And in, in usability, let's say, standpoint. But I wouldn't just say uh, I wouldn't just say uh, in the usability uh, standpoint, because. Let's get the elephant into the room. I switched from Android to iPhone, what was it? A couple of weeks ago. Three weeks ago, uh, on uh, New Year's. Completely expecting that I'm going to hate it. Yes. But the problem is that I'm not hating it. Uh, yes, but for all of the human and none of the technical reasons. No, the technical reasons also, because let me let me just do a quick uh, summation of what happened to me. So, what I hated about the Android, what was actually the reason why I even tried to switch to iPhone, was that uh, all the different uh, applications that Android gives you and gives the ability uh, for you to use were making me unable to use a phone. Because I had installed uh, caller ID, uh, phoning applications, uh, screening applications, whatever. You had the chance to, do, to deploy them because they existed. Therefore, you filled your phone with bloatware, yes. which is the reason why it became unusable and slow. Yes. And then I tried to okay. move away from those applications. And I understood that I have absolutely no idea what to remove because everything was intertangled. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to do a fresh start on the iPhone to see how it how it looks like. Hmm. Uh, this is my third iteration of trying to go to the iPhone. Okay. 
Uh, I hated iPhone uh, first two times. Okay. I really hated iPhone for the first two times because it was completely different what, uh, than the Android. It was closed. It wasn't funny. It wasn't usable. And I hated the idea of the iPhone being uh, the device that was basically, I wouldn't say unusable, but it was you uh, experimentation unfriendly. You know, if if we can, if we are discussing this history, there is one more very important thing that we need to stay, uh, say about iPhone, and potentially one of the reasons why you hated it the first two times, and I can with absolute certainty tell you that it's one of the primary reasons why I hate it from back then all the way till today. Okay. I know it's going to sound very petty, what I'm, what I'm about to say, but uh, hear me out. Apple, via their iPhones, was the first manufacturer that did something on their uh, mobile phones, which I consider to be, I wouldn't say heresy, but it's so incredibly stupid, which was integrated battery. Okay. Android phones didn't have that for many, many years. You could, you could replace them, which was one of the primary reasons why I exclusively remained on Android to this day. Albeit, I will say out loud, that my experience with other Apple devices taught me that Apple has really good batteries, especially on, on the side of laptops, which I use a lot, and uh, on the side of iPads, which I also use a lot. So those batteries, I have absolutely nothing against them, but they pushed kind of the market towards that direction, and I still dislike it to this very day. Okay, let's compare apples mm. to savory uh, desserts. No, we won't. There's actually there are actually two things that I wanted to uh, say uh, that are kind of like in direct response to our previous rant. One is uh, the second reason why I dislike Apple's way of doing things on mobile, and the second thing that I wanted to say is directly related to that. So, if you remember, I mentioned that one of the reasons why I dislike iPhone is because of the trend that it brought to the mobile phone industry of integrating battery. Yes, it's now what it is, but uh, as I said, I think that doesn't benefit the client. Let's forget about that for a second. There's actually a second reason uh, that's very close to that one, uh, which is memory reason, specifically SD cards. Okay. So iPhones are the worst types of devices in terms of battery. You have no expendability in that regard. You had to buy all of the i-whatever storage systems for all of that, while most of the Android devices, at least, at least on the higher end of the spectrum, almost always have at least the capability to run one SD card, micro SD card. So that's a major difference between those two ecosystems, which still stands today and also as a result of all of that. So um, the, the way in which the market segmentation in Android works is a little bit different to Apple. It's not only about the um, price, meaning features or speed or whatnot. It's actually based on certain portions of functionality specifically. Um, there are a lot of, uh, let's say, two card phones for Android that you can combine in the sense of having two SIM cards or SIM card with SD card stuff like that, at, at, uh, uh, especially on the higher-end market uh, segment. 
which is something that a lot of people actually like and which I would argue is one of the reasons why um, Android is uh, a lot more popular in terms of the numbers when compared to uh, iPhones because most of the uh, vendors still have that. So that's my second technical reason why personally I dislike mm, Apple okay, phones. Okay, let's address that because uh, to be completely honest, uh, I'm on your side. I will say that uh, Apple is on your side because they have created for the past uh, past few uh, models uh, battery packs. Mm -hmm. So there are actually battery packs available from Apple, uh, selling for whatever uh, amount of money. Insane amount of money, yes. No, it is not. Some something around. Uh, I, I just looked it up. It's ninety nine dollars, but. The idea is that, of of that, money. that okay. they understand that the uh, some people actually want additional battery power. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that uh, I'm using iPhone 11 uh, Pro. Mm -hmm. It has dual SIM, mm -hmm. but one SIM needs to be eSIM. It is it, not a physical SIM. It needs to be eSIM. That's not not necessarily bad. Yes. Uh, so I think that the convergence that we were talking about actually works because everything that I have seen that was uh, that made sense on in Android is right now being copied or uh, rediscovered by Apple people. Yes, but memory is still not addressed uh, unless if you want to be completely fair, I'm not trying to be biased here. You could argue that nowadays uh, iPhones and iPads uh, by extension as well are a little bit more open to the idea of ecosystem working with some external products so you can actually connect USB-C disk or something but I will, I will be which which is not the same as having a micro SD card inside the phone but it's still something okay but most of the devices that uh, are on the market are 128 or uh, 256 uh, gigs of RAM uh, gigs of storage sorry on a uh, higher end you mean on a higher end okay. so I'm used to using OnePlus. OnePlus didn't have the extensions for the with the micro SD cards. So I'm actually used to using uh, Androids that were uh, non-extendable. No, no, but but actually that's an extension of your way of thinking about some stuff that we discovered uh, discussed in various other uh, episodes, which is you have a specific a specific way of using phone with external storage services. You use Dropbox, you use... Yes, 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 yes. And, yes. As, and I'm completely with you on that one if, from the perspective of I'm not, I don't have something in my phone, let's actually have something. But it kind of draws you in that direction, which I don't think is the best way. For, not for everybody, at least. Yes, but uh, let's be completely honest. Uh, Samsung, for a long time, I don't know for the last generation of phones because I wasn't following it, but for the long last a long time, uh, they had a running a giveaway basically when you where you had uh, it was a year or two years of uh, additional storage on Dropbox or some other cloud devices. OneDrive was yes, much so, more prominent there, yes. Yes, but uh, they were pushing uh, cloud storage as well. So they were trying to offload you to the cloud. They were trying to say, uh, you need to use the cloud. Uh, Google is pushing you into the cloud direction. Whatever. Google Drive, okay, for example. Yes, because you can uh, back up the photos, you can back up everything on your, your phone. So the idea that, that they're running right now is... <coughs> 
So the idea that they are running right now is that everybody is trying to push you into the cloud. Uh, I think the reasons are not the hardware. The reasons are more sinister. Yes. They, they want to have the data in the cloud. Because and they, they want, want money. Not yes. exactly. If yes, because even when you buy some of those cloud services, they're free for a year or two, then you have to pay. Yes, but the amount of money that they're asking you is not good. They're not, not great. Yeah, uh, but don't look at it from your perspective. Look at it from the perspective of millions of people using it. Yes, but the biggest problem is the, the price. Uh, Androids uh, can be reasonably quick, reasonably equipped, and reasonably working for a much lower price than the iPhone. Correct. Uh, for example, I was... Um, I was uh, comparing, uh, this is the old, this iPhone I'm using is old. So it's 11 Pro. You wouldn't actually be using that unless your friend was uh, yes. offered it to you for next to nothing in terms of money. Yes, yes, but the idea was that uh, when I compare it uh, feature by feature with the phone I was actually using, mm -hmm. uh, screen size was mostly the same. Screen on the OnePlus 80 is much better. It is better than the, than this one. Uh, we could talk about how the camera works. So the camera on the OnePlus side uh, is um, it has much bigger resolution, but the camera itself picture quality not necessarily better. Yes, picture quality is uh, more or less the same because uh, iPhone is extremely good in uh, post production of the images, and it, it's extremely good in. Yeah. actually applying uh, different uh, tricks to make your images look better. So the amount of memory that OnePlus 8 has is much bigger than the amount of memory on the, on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And yet still, uh, iPhone was more expensive. So Apple tax. It's not only Apple tax. It's the, the main thing that is completely uh, Apple-like or something that Apple actually does is that since they are completely in control when in regards to uh, the hardware, the configuration, the chipset and everything else, they are able to basically over-optimize everything. So Oh, I like that. I, I, me, me, me too. But not on, not on their phone. But generally speaking, I understand the approach and I definitely approve of it. But it means that they are able to sell you the phone that is much more expensive and they are able to not only do this, but they can do it with a much, much, much bigger margin of uh, profit. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily need to create an Apple tax because they are making enormous amount of money on a single phone. Yeah. Completely incomparable to what the Android does. Okay. There's one more thing that actually that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to address uh, as a functionality of a phone. So migrating data. I did that last week for my dad from one Android phone to another. USB-C to USB-C connection, I was done in 15 minutes. And the only thing that he needed to do was provide me with the Google password, obviously, and he needs to reinitialize or re-authenticate his e-banking application, which is reasonable. So yeah, that migration went without the hitch. I was done in 15 minutes and he basically now has two phones with the same set of data. 
which, if I'm completely honest, was helped quite a bit by the fact that I uh, had the chance to migrate uh, the photos that he had to a Google Drive, and then, of course, download it to, to the new phone, which is the way in which the synchronization works by default, because for some reason, when you're doing the migration from um, Android to Android, uh, and I've noticed this a couple of times already, maybe I'm missing an option or something, it doesn't automatically copy the pictures from the gallery, which is stupid. I think that the main reason why they don't do this is that uh, usually people have an enormous amount of pictures. And they are trying On to... On SD cards. Or in the phones. And they are trying to, they are trying to say, okay, people use the cloud, you don't care where the pictures are, so you don't need to migrate them. And if they need to migrate the actual images from one phone to the other phone, it is going to take an enormous amount of time. So they are basically trying to avoid uh, uh, synchronizing, synchronizing pictures just because to uh, drive down the uh, time it takes to migrate the phone. From the, I think uh, it's not that, especially having experienced the speed of that migration now when I actually uh, did copy from, I, I I had a migration of data recently, a couple of weeks before that, where I copied the uh, gigabytes of pictures from one phone to the other by, by cable. Uh, these connections are nowadays much faster than what it used to be, and it's not the, um, about the time. This is something that uh, actually copies in many, 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 the, uh, like uh, megabytes per second, so all, all, almost in hundreds, and this is very quickly done because most phones on the market are not 128, 256 gigabytes, they're 64 or less. Okay, let's talk about migration between architectures. So I had to migrate from Android mm -hmm. to iOS. Uh, How was that? Okay, let's do a quick test. Uh, what do you think? How much it took to migrate from Android to iOS without copying images? I know that I know the way in which it was done. Uh, like previously, you went to Apple Store and asked the you know the guy there to help you with it. But I know that there is a tool that you can use. I haven't used it in a while, so I absolutely have no idea. I don't want so to. So it, it took me a little bit under two hours. Okay. Uh, without moving images, and the reason is completely besides me. Uh, okay, I got my phone synchronized completely. I got uh, all my uh, applications connected to the same application, if applicable, on the Apple Store. So I was able to install application by application later, but I didn't get my applications installed. I only got the placeholders for the applications. So basically it said, okay, if you have LastPass or whatever on your phone, on Android, uh, here is a link to the Apple Store where you can actually uh, download the LastPass, but it wasn't installing the image, uh, the applications. I don't know what it did. It was trying to uh, synchronize the uh, information, but my biggest gripe is WhatsApp and Viber are completely unable to move the uh, history of all the chats uh, from one... Uh, yeah, special attachments. No, no, no. In the entire, uh, the entire history. Right now, I have no history with you or with anybody else that I was talking to on Viber. And not only this, uh, when I switched the phones, I lost part of the history on my uh, desktops. 
because uh, okay, that's <clears throat> I it, it didn't delete the, the history, but uh, for example, uh, on a, a computer that I'm not using daily, this this uh, this laptop, for example, this is my go-to laptop when I need to do something when I'm somewhere where I need a lighter laptop. Uh, I can reinitialize Viber here, but all the uh, messages that were sent between when I left Android and when I'm synchronizing this uh, Viber to this phone are basically not present here. Houdini. And this is, a, yes, and this is a big problem. Uh, because if you are used to uh, seamlessly moving images from uh, images, uh, data, messages, uh, messages whatever. whatever, you basically expect that text images are going to be able to move. Yeah, I don't care about the attachments. Attachments are something that are that is nice to have, but I need uh, I need uh, text messages. Here's one more reason why you don't necessarily have to always appreciate like or, you know, do this to any kind of cloud service, which is what the Vibers and the WhatsApps of the world basically are as well. But they have. A, I I understand what is the reason behind it. There shouldn't be a reason. There should be because your private keys should be your private keys, so they need to be stored in the phone. And there is no way for the uh, phone uh, to synchronize the images or the text messages that it doesn't have the right decryption key for. And this is something that actually that actually makes sense because I think it's an excuse. When okay. I switch when I switched phones, I invalidated my keys on the Viber and the WhatsApp, and it's normal that Viber and WhatsApp weren't able to decrypt the image uh, the messages that came into the desktops. But but. There is no reason for them to not be able to do it uh, after the fact. After fact, yes. yes. That's exactly what I wanted to say. So, this is, I, I wouldn't say laziness. It's just probably the result of either two teams working on two different applications. So, the messages themselves are not completely compatible in the format that they're using. Hmm. Or, and this is a big or, uh, there is a particular reason why they are trying to, on purpose, make iOS and Android applications not compatible to each other. Which we've seen, actually, in yes. iMessages and whatnot. Um, but but let, let, me, let, let me go uh, into another topic. Yeah, I wanted, uh, to, I wanted to actually ask you something about this. Okay. Because I know from a little bit of our discussions uh, related to your switching to this, that... I know what you told me, uh, why you like using uh, iPhone now, but let's go back to the human st side of the story of that. Why do you like using iOS now? Uh, let's say that my phone is much more consistent than it was. Uh, the problem with Android is that Android is amazing uh, when it comes to uh, the diversity and the uh, amount of different ideas uh, in different applications, iOS is much more strict. Uh, That's going to change soon. Yes, this is going to change soon. But right now, if you want consistency, you are going to get it on the iPhone. I dislike the idea of there, uh, there being no files. Mm -hmm. So that the file idea of a file actually does not exist. They are trying to make up for it because they, they are creating files now. 
So they are uh, shifting a little bit towards Android. And I see that Android also is trying to shift towards the idea of the iPhone. So they are shifting to the idea of a file to idea of an object in the cloud. So we are going to end up with the same thing. But the thing that is most, uh, I wouldn't say amazing for me, uh, most interesting to me is that I th think that Google applications are much more consistent because they're consistent and uh, work much better on iOS than on Android itself. You are definitely not the first person who told me that, but I, I was actually asking something else. And all of this they, they is are good. quicker. They're quicker. Yeah. They're more consistent. They uh, tend to be uh, much more. They are not misbehaving. So, for example, when you are using uh, Google Maps, you can uh, you can uh, turn on location sharing. If you turn on the location sharing in the Android, basically location is being shared. That's it. iOS is going to periodically ask you. Uh, Google Maps, Maps has been uh, sharing your location for the last whatever times. Do you wish to turn it off? So Google needs to pay attention not to try to circumvent all those uh, different things in the iOS. Not in their interest, but yeah. Yes, because in Android, they are the master of everything. On, on the iOS, they need to uh, be a guest. So they need to act as a guest. They cannot mm. completely rule uh, and um, uh, create uh, their own set of rules. So this is one of the things that they actually like. Yeah, but you said you also like the fact that, and I'm I am kind of quoting you slash paraphrasing you, your phone is so stupid now that you prefer using it as a phone right now versus what it was on Android. Yes, yes, because uh, on Android, uh, me being a little bit ADHD uh, HD, uh, type of person, uh, I was installing almost all the applications available on the market. Right now, not so, not so much. I'm using some applications. I don't have, uh, I'm using my set of applications, but I'm not that much into uh, trying to experiment because a lot of things I'm actually unable to do. For example, you know that I like uh, playing with wireless. Mm -hmm. On iOS, trying to find even a simple wireless scanner is almost, almost impossible, not because uh, people wouldn't do that, but because iOS itself doesn't let applications uh, scan the networks around them. Oh, thank you for reminding me of one of my biggest gripes of yes. the iOS market, which is you, uh, it's incredibly difficult to have such a simple function like teetering on wireless on iOS devices. Yes, yes. It's uh, stupid. Yes, you, can, you cannot even change the default uh, phone application for uh, one reason or the other. But uh, this is something that I don't miss. It is not that I'm, I don't, I wasn't the person who actually liked it. But right now, either I'm becoming more stupid or I'm becoming more, uh, more older, but uh, I don't want my applications to be that uh, different. I'm getting towards uh, the idea of just wanting a uh, particular functionality, but I want it, this functionality to actually work. Yep. But uh, again, I understand you completely. I'm with you on that. But if your iPad has a freaking mobile card, it needs to have wireless teetering. No discussion. 
Okay. I mean, you have to be able to connect your laptop to the freaking iPad, which is connected to the mobile network and share it. There is no discussion. You're never going to get me to say anything about that, okay, which is the reason why I like Android, for example. Yes, but let's talk about Android and the tablets. Do you know of a single tablet on Android that is okay? Thank you for asking me. Uh, no, I would like to t take a freaking dump on all of them, bar none. So, and actually, there is an extension to that. Recently, I was in a Samsung store. I personally use a Samsung phone. I have been using it for years. Mostly, I really like their phones, and there are some subjective and objective reasons for that. But in terms of tablets, um, I was recently in, in a Samsung store. I saw one of the latest ones, the biggest ones and whatnot. It was just as expensive as iPad Pro, okay? Yes. Which we both have. Yes. And it's nowhere near good enough for that. Uh, okay, but let's talk about the market of the less expensive tablets. Even if we discuss the, these ones, which is the mini version or the Air version or whatever, you still, I don't think, can find any comparable Android device that can compete with this. And that's coming from somebody who uh, has been trying and trying and trying for years and spending its own hard-earned money to buy Android tablets to try to make them work in the same way in which and in which iOS based tablets work and never was able to. I'm just going to go and switch this one because this is yoga so I can switch it to tablet mode mm -hmm. and I can use this as a tablet and even when I do this this does not compare to uh, ease of use of the iPad. Uh, but yes, but there is a reason for that. Yes, yeah, there is a reason for that, but uh, do you think that there is a reason for uh, for uh, iOS or to be more precise, Apple, still having distinct operating systems for the iPad and for the phone. No, and they are going to converge with that and with the MacBook Pro and whatnot. That's going to happen soon enough. But uh, as, as, uh, as I've demonstrated today, I try to explain. So the only device that I really dislike is iPhone. I have technical reasons for that. Everything else that Apple does for me is close to perfection. iPads, like them very much. I use them on a daily basis. I have a couple. I just recently gave a couple of them away to my extended family as well. But you can you you know yourself that I'm unable to walk into the classroom without iPad under my arm. It's impossible because that device for me is one of the basic devices to do the job that I do and that you do, which is, and this is the, this whiteboard, is the whatnot, and, uh, and uh, some of the other things that I do related to music, video production, whatnot. I can do all of that on iPad and be happy. Okay, so let's take a little, a uh, little bit of a detour. I would, I, no, no, no. I'm not going to say dump. I'm going to say a deep dive mm -hmm. into one of the main reasons why we are even talking about this. And this is the pricing. Okay. iPhones are... Uh, I am going to be very hypocritical on the pricing. I'm stating it out loud. I know what you're going to say. You say, our listeners say, I'm with you. I agree. So, over the pond, mm -hmm. we are in Croatia. Over the pond, uh, iPhones, iPads, and everything that is Apple-related is much, much cheaper than it is uh, in our... Uh, you don't have to go that far. Just go to Amazon.d. Okay. and check the price differences you're going to find that macbook pros in all of the generations that are currently available in the um, local apple store versus uh, amazon are 500 euros more expensive locally than on amazon d for the same device so this is one thing the other thing is that ios devices are 
by and large, uh, completely usable even when they are two, three, five, uh, four years old. Correct. So there is a large, large, large uh, refurbished uh, market, aftermarket of the devices. So you can actually get a usable device for a small amount of money. Mm -hmm. And if you have an Android tablet that is uh, three years old. There is no secondary market because you want to just use it as a Frisbee and throw it out the window. Yes. And the other thing is that a lot of people are buying uh, devices that are cheap. But the reason why they are cheap is that they are basically crap. Uh, yes. So you can buy a device for 150 euros or whatever that is going to be, I will, I will say, usable enough for the first year of the use. And then after that, it is, it is going to be so slow that nobody is going to be using it. Thank you for reminding me. I wanted to take an, an extra dump on that in terms of Android. So I gave a Galaxy Tab. Yes. Android-based tablet. I have two of those. Yeah, I gave one one uh, when it came out, I think it was version 3 or something like that, years ago, to some, somebody who's very close to me. The only express intent of that being a present that I gave to somebody was to be able to, let's say, check YouTube videos and to read PDF files, nothing else. So that's the use case that I wanted it for. So a minute and a half to load uh, YouTube videos and probably a minute to load a single PDF file. Yes, while the iPad that I had can, back can, home, can do it iPad all. 1 that I had back home, which was much older, can do it, no problem. Yes, I know. And this is the biggest reason. I have two tabs. I didn't give They're them crap. away. I didn't give them away. Why, uh, you, know, you know why not? Because, no. because I like those people. So I don't want <laughs> Yeah, to... you don't want to make enemies. Yes. So... I agree with you. That's the exactly the same reason why I resisted for months to give my iPhone to my friend. Yes, and this is the this is the And big... he threw it the threw it away, to be honest, after he was done with it as well. Uh, I think that the first three or four iPad, uh, iPhones were basically crap. Agreed. Uh, because for the first couple of generations, uh Apple had a good idea, but they were being too Steve Jobsy about it. They were trying to hmm. create. They were trying to uh, create, create buzz, create perfection, and they were stubborn about not using or reusing anything uh, that uh, Android was giving to uh, getting to the market. Okay. And, and Android wasn't being stupid. Android created the um, fingerprint readers. Android created multi uh, multi cameras. Android had copy paste. Android was able to use uh, much better screens copy-paste files between applications um, while we read it using files using files in general yes yes so they had ideas that the apple uh, grudgingly or uh, completely silently copied mm -hmm. after the fact so for the first couple of generations it was it was a completely different device but right now converging i think that uh, between your phone Mm -hmm. So you're using a S22 probably or... No, it's S20. Oh, okay, so S, S whatever. S20 Ultra 5G. Okay, so difference between your phone and probably what is uh, right now a comparable phone, so iPhone 14 Max, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is negligible. I agree. Uh, and this is the reason why I'm using and why I'm liking the iOS uh, now. Because the phone that I'm using is so similar to an Android device but without almost any of the crappy things that I, I'm used Bloatware, to. Bloatware, yeah. Yes. So, 
the reason why we are able to now be more or less on the same page when it comes to using a phone is that the difference is not uh, all that big, all, all that big, but the difference on the tablets. Uh, no, 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 no. The difference on the application market is enormous. Yeah, because uh, by being basically. I'm trying to find a better word than being uh, okay. So basically, Apple is being totalitarian, totalitarian about uh, applications. By, I like that. By being completely totalitarian from the start, they avoided uh, almost all the crappy things that uh, are happening on the Android market now. Still, yes. So, so the application market for iOS is much better. Agreed. Because people are used to things that. Everybody was uh, uh, going against, so they're used to having to have a complete review of the application, having to um, apply for the review of the application and so on. So people who are used to trying to uh, create an application are now much, 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 much uh more likely to be using uh, iOS because they don't have a problem. I see that you opened the um, transformer. Uh, yeah, I wanted to tell you a story about this. I have uh, both this model and the model uh, after it. I have this one. It's still at home. It still works and is a perfect example of why I both like and dislike Android at the same time. You know, the, the same old good old uh, you, conflict of the uh, double... Uh, would you, know. you uh, give this to anyone? No, because I uh, I would only give this to the worst enemy that I have, and I have none. Yes. But that being said, there there are a couple of good things to say about this. Okay. A, it had a keyboard that was usable. Yes. Yes. B, the battery lasted for twenty hours easy. Okay. I, I actually took that on my consultancy work for months and months on end. And was very happy with this because all I needed was a Telnet client and I was or secure shell client and I was happy. Keyboard is good, battery is good. It has freaking USB. Yes, yes, yes. And that's a, that's that's actually the reason uh, that I asked somebody to give this to me. On top of the fact that it's Nvidia Tegra, as well. So that there there was something. They were actually at, at, the, at the time when I was getting this device, I was still working a lot in the. IT slash journalistic slash editor something market. So I got this from somebody and I was very happy with it. It still works today. I still play some games on it. I'm pretty happy with it, but I wouldn't give it away to anybody because I don't dislike anybody that much. And also this is heavy as crap. Yes, you know, uh, but I'm going to now switch over and say, uh, would you buy this? For, Cosmo for, Communicator. Yes. That's that's so reminiscent of some of the Nokia's that I used to use. Yes. So basically, this is the uh, the same idea. Mm -hmm. uh, even the name is the same. So the idea, uh, we are going to do the post and you're going to uh, put the images on. Mm. But the idea is to have a basically full-size keyboard, mm -hmm. a screen, and Android as a driving device mm -hmm. for a price that is, that is not going to be as expensive as, uh, I, I would say... Uh, Even my current phone. Yes. So the idea of this is for to create a device that is designed for people like us. So this can be a terminal. There is only one device that I would like to use that is reminiscent of this, which is made specifically for me, if I can say it. Okay. Open. It's called BlackBerry. Okay, but Blackberries are dead. 
Yes. Blackberry is unfortunately dead because the what the closest thing that you can get uh, get to a Blackberry is the. Oh, this is actually pretty close. But yes, because, in modern times, because uh, you can get a Blackberry, but what you're going to get is an Android device with a slightly modified operating system, a keyboard, mm -hmm. and a mouse uh, emulation uh, touch touchy thing on the keyboard. Blackberry uh, keyboards were awesome, man. But if you take a look at this, mm -hmm. it has two USB ports. Mm -hmm. So this is what you are actually looking for. Okay, my my birthday is coming up. Okay, I'm, I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. the idea is the idea is that uh, this is unfortunately probably going to fail. Absolutely agree with you. But the idea is that I want I want this device. Yeah, me too. I want it to succeed. Uh, because right now we need this device because um, we have come to a point where you don't need that much uh, processing power. Uh, these devices that we're using are probably order of magnitude uh, faster than the devices that we're using as primary desktop devices mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Yes. So we don't need processing power. Mm -hmm. What we need is uh, battery life. Yes. What we need is uh, USB, USB, so per peripheral uh, connect connectivity. Connectivity. We need a usable keyboard mm -hmm. because the keyboards. Sorry to say it, but the, all the keyboards the, for me uh, uh, feel like just uh, uh, scratching on the glass because I don't like keyboards that are virtual. This I am completely with you, although I've been using it way longer than you did. We 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 can uh, fight on that, but uh, let's no need to. Let's 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 say that uh, keyboards on the key on the screen suck. Keyboards on the screen suck. Keyboards that are projected on the table suck. Uh, keyboards that are trying to do anything else than being an actual keyboard basically suck. Agreed. Uh, and not because we are old fashioned; they just yes. do. As a matter of fact. And this is even worse when we are trying to create a phone that is going to be uh, that is going to be uh, with an even larger screen, mm. because it doesn't make any sense. So a transformer device like the what we were talking about in e one of the episodes, yeah. uh, the transformer device that is able to be able uh, that is able able to be uh, either two screens or one screen on uh, with a keyboard is never going to be the same thing as a device that has an actual uh, keyboard. Agreed. So, I'm all for Star Trek communicators uh, with uh, fancy touchscreen interfaces, mm -hmm. but did you ever see anybody trying to type their name in the, in the uh, Star Trek universe? There is a reason for that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. As, so, that's so, awesome. <laughs> so, this is, this is a problem. Yeah. This is a problem because we need to sort the human interface. The uh, interface part. No, no, the human to interface interface. We need only not only to sort the interface interface. We only we also need to sort out the things that we are sort of kind of used to. So the series uh, Google Assistant's uh, Cortana's of the world that are going to get a huge uh, redesign now that AI is coming. Okay. So I have even seen uh, some things that are, uh, there were some pointers that maybe Amazon is going to uh, give up on trying to uh, create Alexis. 
Yeah, I dislike those devices on principle. <coughs> so my problem with Alexa is that the device, the Alexa, wasn't meant to be an assistant. Okay, I understand. My problem. Alexa, Alexa is meant to be a marketing assistant for Amazon. Yeah, agreed. Or to be more precise, it's meant to be a sales assistant for Microsoft uh, for Amazon. Can I throw something into this discussion that? I wanted to mention this earlier, but there, I think that this is the first time to kind of like steer the discussion into another direction. Okay. I loved Windows phones. I was about to talk about those because when we were preparing this, you remember I, uh, I sent you the uh, Windows phone tile interface because the tiles were probably one of the best user interfaces there ever was on a mobile phone. I absolutely agree with you. And the stupidest thing that Microsoft did was killing it. Was A, killing it, B, being late, being late, and C, trying to push the tiles to the desktop. Yeah, that's stupid. Because they were trying to combine uh, tablets, phones, and Windows by pushing people to use tiles to start normal Windows applications that have basically no idea of what the tablet is. So it was inconsistent, it didn't work, people were unhappy with it, but the phones themselves, uh, Windows Phone as a platform, was an amazing platform. Yeah, I, I have to t just tell you something about this, because it's a personal story and you might dislike it, but it's still something that I really like discussing and I'm sure that there are people who will agree on that. I actually know quite a few people that would agree with me in an instant. So I distinctly remember the day when I bought my first HTC Windows phone. Okay. I remember where I was. I remember uh, what, which day it was. I remember the time of day. I remember the store. Uh, I was reading about these phones for a couple of months. I did my you know, due diligence, did a little bit of research. And I went to uh, our local mobile provider store. And I bought the HTC Windows phone. On purpose, already at that time, Android was dual-core CPUs, whatnots. This was a single-core phone, but the frequency, uh, to be honest, the frequency of that single-core was quite a bit higher than, than, than the ones that Android had in, in their, let's say, devices, all of them, Samsung and everybody else. I was uh, like in complete awe of the tile-based interface on it because it worked really well. But more to the point, and this is something that's going to sound ridiculous to you, um, the reason why I liked Windows Phone uh, as a concept that uh, after I bought it was actually much more visual than what it was technical or anything else. That interface, as you just said, I would just like to expand on it, was the most elegant interface that I've ever seen. It was the first time in my life that I, I, I reacted to an IT device in a sense of saying, this is freaking beautiful. Because that's not the, the way in my, which my brain operates, nor it should. The, 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 the use case for the phone is a phone. The way in which the interface looks takes second place towards the usability of the phone in general. But that being said, that phone was super usable after a couple of months because we didn't have, you know, the e-banking applications, etc., were late. And a lot of people who used to work for this company commented on that on Facebook as well. 
So that was one of the reasons why the platform failed in general, on top of the fact that it was too late to the market by a couple of years, etc. But I loved using that device and I still to this day am yet to find a device that worked as consistent, as good uh, as that device without any hassle and quality. And I'm including the iPhones that I tested and I tested many of them. I will say uh, you like a personal story, so I'm going to go, uh, do a personal story of, of myself. The first Windows mobile device that I was using was SPV. So this one. Mine was uh, orange. Orange. Mine SPV. was Asus one that I mentioned, but that's so the, the, the orange SPV was uh, a device that came out in 2002. Uh, it was basically available on selected markets only. This is the reason why it was called Orange SPV because it was being pushed by Orange in uh, the UK. It was an abysmal phone. Mm -hmm. This was the only phone that I ever had that managed to reboot mid-call. Uh, so it was actually rebooting sometimes, it was rebooting while you were calling or talking to somebody. So suddenly you, uh, you would uh, lose the connection, you would uh, take a look at the screen, which was abysmal. And, and in, in so many ways, and you realize that the phone is going to be dead for the next two minutes because it is rebooting itself. Do you remember, on a side note, do you remember AMD Crossfire? Yes. It had, the first generation of that technology had what I jokingly called the random reboot and freeze function. You're going to use this image. And right. this, 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 this is, is what is, you're describing, basically. No, no, no. The, this the, the, the rebooting part. No, 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 but also the uh, display. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why this exists uh, on the Wikipedia, this image. This image actually shows you how the display was bad. Yeah, it sucked. Yes, it was unusable. But, 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 Microsoft managed to do something. And I, th I think that when they came and they rebooted because they were trying to create a mobile version of the Windows for what, three or four iterations of mm -hmm. different ideas how to create this. So the Windows Mobile uh, iteration, so the last one, Windows Smartphone, uh, was able to be probably the most thought out uh, user interface just simply because it was late to the market. Agreed, just like Apple does. Because it was able to understand what the problems are Understand that what understand what the needs of the user is, uh, are, and create a normal device. Mm -hmm. They also had enormously powerful and uh, uh, I wouldn't say designed, but uh, enormously well designed Nokia hardware mm -hmm. because they bought Nokia. That was afterwards, yes. Yes, but uh, I think that the heyday of the heyday of the Venus Mobile was when they introduced Nokia lineup with the Windows Mobile uh, on with it. With Windows Phone, not Windows Mobile. W Windows, Windows Phone, sorry. Yeah, great. But the idea was that, I think that Nokia 6 to, uh, six to 5, mm. you know which one yeah. is, yeah. is probably the, I have it at home, it still works, is probably the showcase on how to do a phone. Okay. Because, because it was underpowered, uh, it didn't have much memory, it wasn't using that much memory. Yet it, it was still blazingly fast. It was uh, responsive. It was able to do whatever you wanted to do. And it was a low-end phone. It mm -hmm. wasn't a mid-range phone. It was a low-end phone. 
I'm missing those phones. Me too. Because it's easy to say, okay, we are going to use an iPhone 27 Pro Max, whatever, but it's going to cost 3,000 euros. Yeah, that's where this is going, yes. And this is the biggest problem. Uh, right now, we went way, 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 way uh, too far into uh, overpowering our phones compared to everything else that we're using. So okay. for the price of the highest-end iPhone right now, I can basically buy a, a very good laptop. Ve very good laptop, and this laptop is going to be much more useful than the iPhone. Uh, but there, there's actually a parallel thought process that you can include there. For the price of a iPad Pro, you can buy a very good laptop. Okay. So, but also, also for the price of the Mac Pro, you probably can buy a pretty good uh, car. So this is. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Although I wasn't expecting you to say this, because I want to go back to something that I said at, at the beginning of the, this part of the discussion, which was that I was I'm hypocritical about the Apple Apple tax. My uh, my distinct hatred of Apple tax only includes uh, iPhone, nothing else. I know it's hypocritical, but I have valid reasons why. Reason number one, let's let's go across the product spectrum. iPads are the best tablets there are. Okay. Finished discussion. No, no, no reason to explain that. For that reason, I can live with the fact that there are, let's say, uh, if you are uh, trying to look for, uh, look for something else, you would probably go to s something high-end Samsung. They are just as expensive. They're not cheaper. Right now, I'm saying. Uh, I would argue that uh, on top of that fact that iPads are still way more usable for a variety of different reasons. So that's the first part of the discussion. You do not want to touch MacBook Pros in our discussion because you know I'm very religious about them. Uh, not necessarily for M M1, M2s, although I'm gonna, both of us are probably going to go in that direction soon enough. Reason being that at the same time, Apple, when they were still producing Intel-based laptops, they managed to produce both the best laptop and the best Windows laptop at the same time. Yes. So uh, for me, for that reason only, I was always ready to pay, let's say, 15% more in terms of the price of the laptop compared to a high-end laptop on the PC market, which was able to do the same things. And there's a second part of that story, which is related to batteries. Um, I've used, as I'm sure you know, MacBooks for 15 years or so nowadays. I think it's now maybe even more. I never, ever, ever, ever had a problem with the Mac battery. And I have a, I have one of those that's like eight years old. Battery still works for God knows how many hours, whatnot. It works perfectly. And also they are very quick in terms of including some of the new technologies like Thunderbolt 2, Thunderbolt 3, etc. Yes, they do have their design flaws. I very much dislike the, the pricing now, which is insane for what they have. I dislike the exclusion of one Thunderbolt port for in the previous generation for having the luxury of having HDMI port on a laptop. I dislike lack, lack, uh, the lack of ports on laptops in general. We both do. That's all uh, very reasonable to say. But at the same time, they're still by far the best laptops on the market. Uh, Mac minis, the best mini PCs for the lowest amount okay. of money. No, no discussion. No discussion. And that's where the things stop. I would never ever buy Mac Pro again or Mac Studio 
because they're way too expensive. Mac Studio, uh, we are yet to see whether or not they're going to finally do the upgrade of the of the Mac Pro, sorry, uh, with uh, M2. There are, I've seen some reports that state that they will. I don't know, because they are not completely switched. They haven't completely switched to the ARM-based architecture yet on all of their product lines, so maybe that's going to happen. But I, at the same time, I don't see the reason. You don't need Mac Pro anymore. The Mac Studios with M2 Maxes of the world, etc., or M2 Ultra, or whatever they're going to produce, is probably going to be more than enough to handle anything you want to do there. This, uh, Yasmin is looking at uh, the last generation of Mac Pro. In a million years, if I had $30 billion on, on my account, I would never buy that crap. Uh, I don't think it's crap. I do, because that's comparable to a price to a car, and we know what's much more useful. So let's let's talk about uh, 3.2 gigahertz 16-core Xeon processor. Yeah. Let's talk about 48 gigs of RAM. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Radeon uh, W5700X. Six-year-old six GPU or something like that. Yes, one terabyte of storage. That's like three years ago for us, or far. Or uh, no wheels. Okay. Because wheels are $400. Dollars, yes, yeah. Uh, a mouse. Yeah. A keyboard. Uh, because they used, not to, yeah, they used not to not bundling keyboards. Yes, not by a long shot the best mouse or the keyboard on the market. Yes, so what $9,000, yes. $9,000. Or 10,000 euros in Croatia. Yes. You can buy a freaking server for this. No, you can buy a car. Uh, okay, but you can buy a freaking server for this. No, you can buy a, you, you can buy a rack of servers for that money if you know where. Yes, but if you are buying a server, if you are naive enough mm -hmm. to be considering even considering this, you can also f uh, find a dealer that is going to uh, provide a server for you that is going to at least have much more powerful processor. A larger amount of RAM because this is DDR4. Yes, latest generation of a GPU. Latest generation of GPU. Much more storage. Uh, prob uh, probably redundant. A screen. Uh, a, a redundant uh, power, power supply. supply. So basically, all the things that this uh, cheese grater doesn't have. But the uh, this is the reason why people are not buying Mac Pros. And I think this is the reason why uh, Apple is still uh, having them on the on the store. No sane person will buy that. And yes. you can easily find hundreds of YouTube videos and articles about uh, people actually using those devices because they pay for it, stating that they're never ever going to buy something like that again. And yes, but, but the reason... That's, this is coming from somebody who has one of those older ones uh, that was very expensive, but nowhere near this. I have a G5 uh, generation of those uh, that I got from a friend. I have one of those as well. You just reminded I'm me. Yes. I'm, I'm using it as a bench. But okay, let's. It's a blue blue plastic one. No, no, no. The the uh, aluminum one. Oh, aluminum. Okay. I, I have two of those. I'm okay. using them as a bench. Yeah, that's good. I have a, I have a piece of wood uh, between them, and it's it's an amazing bench. Yeah, I have the, the build aluminum. quality. Build quality of the G5 was was amazing. I have a, I have a double Zian with. I don't know, 64 or I so gigabytes of memory. I don't know what the configuration is. I just know that, that it's I can a good desk. Yeah, yes, I can it's see it. It's a good bench. Yeah, I use but it in my studio a lot still because it's a hell of a machine for samples. Yes, but the problem is the problem is that uh, I think that Apple right now is not using this to sell Mac Pros. It's just using this to say, okay, we could sell you an overpriced uh, device, 
but we don't care. No, 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 we, no. We You're can. wrong. Mac Studio can uh, can actually be configured very close to this price range. Yes, I know. But this is going to be more expensive when it comes... Uh, uh, Mini Studio. Yeah, so, but yeah. if, if you're comparing Mini Studio to Mac Pro, Mac Pro is always going to be more expensive. Yeah, and still hell of a lot slower. Yes, and this is the reason why Mac Pro exists. So they can say, <laughs> okay, we are going to sell you a device that's going to be only uh, $20,000 because you could buy another device for $60,000 that is going to be much less powerful than the device for the center. That, that only works in a demented state of mind. That's like a reversal of normal marketing. But I think that it works. The problem with, with all of this is that it works. Because uh, as I said, uh, we were talking, we were joking about the uh, licenses for the, for the software. And I had a guy who is actually, uh, he's into, he's in, in movie business. He has, uh, he's an um, editor. So he has an enormous amount of plugins for um, uh, Final Cut Pro and for the for Avid. And basically what he said is that he has come to a point where the pricing for the licenses mm -hmm. is actually making his hardware uh, look com cheap, completely uh, not, not even a point of uh, discussion because he's so into uh, buying the ecosystem, he's buying all the plugin, plugins for the uh, Apple and so on. So even if, if he wanted, he cannot switch. So he has okay, so much money it. in the in the in the licenses that he doesn't care about the about the devices. Actually, this this brings me to one of the points that I wanted to make, and thank you for reminding me. So I I freely admit it upfront that I'm I'm hypocritical about the uh, Apple pricing on two respects. So I said for the Mac Pro, no thank you. And for iPhone, no thank you. But everything else in between, although overpriced, I'm still willing to pay for this. But uh, the, the, the topic that you just mentioned, which is the software licensing in the multimedia business, movie, uh, audio, uh, even game de development and whatnot, is something that's a huge part of the budget, no question. Hence the reason why uh, when we are discussing, for example, my needs from those uh, laptops that I have, uh, Apple's Mac, uh, laptops and my Mac Pro, are strictly multimedia ones. That's why I use them, because I would never use PC for that, because PC is crap for that, and whatever you say is not going to make, ch make me change my mind. Tried it, no thanks. Uh, but that's the reason why you go into certain ecosystems. Avid, uh, that you mentioned, is one of them. They used to have a lot of those acceleration cards. They kind of like went away in the, in the different direction afterwards. Now they're much more into, let's say, CPU-based uh, uh, plugins than they what they were because the cards were very expensive. And But a lot of people will still argue that their plugins for audio when they were using those Axel cards were better in terms of quality. A topic for another day. But myself, I'm also in that space that you are discussing. I went Universal Audio, as I'm sure you know. They have the biggest ecosystem of plugins probably in the professional audio market, ranging from whatever type of plugin you want to have up to, and in terms of pricing for whatever. And I got to say that uh, if you're conscious enough and you're, if you're a bit lucky as well, of course, luck plays a role here, you just might bet on the correct horse and end up being well well versed in terms of the let's say future usage of the of some of the products specifically 
uh, Universal Audio kind of like had this thing of using hardware-based plugins. You can buy acceleration cards or you can buy them in their audio interfaces, which is what we use for recording of our podcasts. But also last year they introduced a CPU-based versions of their plugins that you can download. UA Connect is the, the platform's name. And they're slowly migrating towards CPU-based plugins because CPUs are very powerful, especially if you're running it on a Mac. I mean, you can do thousands of plugins and not even mention, uh, notice it. But the thing is, they are not making me pay for those plugins again. They're giving me those plugins for free. Again, good choice, but also quite a bit of luck. Because there is no way I could have known that 10 years ago when I bought my first acceleration card for Universal Audio. So luck plays a big role in determining your ecosystem, which is also something that I mentioned when we were doing our live podcast with our students, uh, that for me, the choice of using Red Hat was, I, it looks nice, the uh, installation process is really cool and better than Slackware, but I kind of like bet on, or bet, did my bet on Red Hat because I had a feeling that they might be good, but I had no rational explanation about this. The same thing happened on Universal Audio. But that's actually a part of the larger story of why I'm using Apple as an, as an ecosystem for my multimedia requirements. Okay. I would, uh, since I was the person who was actually responsible for uh, administration and uh, basically control over a pretty large system of uh, editing tools that included Pro Tools, included Avid, included Premiere, included uh, Final Cut, included different types of uh, editing software. I will say that my uh, experience is that on the Mac in, on the Mac platform, and now I'm talking about desktops so basically imax uh, mac pros mac pros and so on but basically imax because mac pros are too expensive yes people are using imax uh, for editing a lot correct uh, my experience is that the biggest problem is generated auto grid yes. when you are using uh Everything that I mentioned, uh, aside from uh, Final Cut, because it's not available on the PC, when you're using any of the softwares, you can run basically almost all the older versions of the software on the PC. Yes. But when it comes to Mac, you are limited uh, by the vendors themselves because they are uh, refusing to support older versions of the operating system and Apple is pushing you to install the newer version of the operating system. So I had, I'm not going to mention any, uh, any, uh, I had mixed experiences on that as well. I have some similar, but I'm, I not, was going, lucky. I'm not going to mention a particular piece of software, but let's say this, I had two iMacs. I installed a particular application, a particular version of the application on one iMac. I upgraded it to the latest version of the Apple. Well, uh, the and the application uh, doesn't work. No, the application worked. Everything was fine. Then I got another iMac. I upgraded it and then tried to install the same version that was actually working on the other iMac. And the software said that it is unable to work and I was unable to install it because the application version is incorrect for the, for the version of the OS. 
So I had two uh, completely identical OS versions. One was running an application, the other wasn't, simply because the application itself was refusing to install. So this was obsolete, uh, obsolete and uh, made by the application vendor, not by anything else. The application was working, everything was working, all the hardware was working, and this is one thing. Yep. And the other thing, I haven't seen uh, planned obsolescence uh, on any other platform that was as bad as on uh, Apple. Generally speaking, I agree. Uh, I had probably, I wouldn't say hundreds, but tens of twenty uh, or thirty different hardware devices that were basically completely obsolete and unusable for anything. After a certain version of uh, the after OS? A certain version, no, after a certain version of an application. Application, yeah, okay. So the application said, okay, we are not going to support whatever the, uh, with the control surface you, you have. But the problem was that you weren't able to downgrade the application because the applic application wasn't willing to let you install the older version of the application. Hence the reason why a lot of people are always storing their older Macs and not selling them. Yes. Do you think this is okay? Uh, it works for me, so I might be a little bit biased there. Generally speaking, I am more inclined to think in that way, yes, myself as well. I have more than a few. My Mac Pro is very old now. I have it because it runs Snow Leopard, because none of my newer machines can run it. And Snow Leopard has some of the things that the newer ones don't have, like Rosetta layer to emulate PowerPC plugins, which I only have on that platform. So yes, I am not against that per se because that enables me to still use that device. Although the obsolescence of that is something that we could debate till the end of time. And we would probably get to the same conclusion that it's not the best way. Let's conclude this thing because the, we are going to, we are going to, uh, we are way, way, way over the time that we uh, wanted to do this thing on. But let's, say that we are going to need to uh, create an episode mm -hmm. uh, just on the licensing. Agreed. And I'm just going to make you mad. No, uh, you know that. No, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to just mention one thing. Uh, do you remember when you had to switch the device in the rack because the licenses were connected to the wrong device, although the devices were identical? Yeah. This is what I hate. No, no, uh, my hatred towards IT licensing knows no bounds in general. For me, and I, I, I said this hundreds of times on my classes, both here and abroad, in both uh, academic education and in my uh, usual IT education, if you gave me a choice of supporting a small product, a small project, sorry, with just a couple of servers and a couple of people, small, medium, let's say small business of five employees, uh, to create, uh, let's say, an offer for them in terms of licensing for their software, even the basic stuff like Windows and Office, versus having me to offload a, f a five truck, uh, multi rack, multi ton piece of kit for an enterprise company, which would include me offloading it, loading it into the uh, server room, 
um, connecting everything, building everything from scratch, you know, all of the cabling, power, whatnot, in the, the you know, uh, like uh, literal sense of the tidiness uh, of the highest regard, I would rather do the second thing than the first one every single day of the week. I'm just I detest IT licensing. I'm just going to say that I know certifications uh, coming what, from somebody who took more than a few licensing exams, by the way. I'm just going to, to say this. Uh, the idea of there existing a licensing exam is is moronic. Yes. And the other thing is the idea of licensing training being longer than, let's say, training for something like OpenShift mm -hmm. is out of completely out of, out of, uh, out of the question. Uh, this is insane. The idea of you having to take five days of your life to be able to understand how to license a single piece of software is insane. Agreed. We need to do something about it. And the other thing that I hate is that vendors are not stopping at this. Yeah. Uh, per core, per socket, per logical core, Per amount of memory, per this, per that, per air, per average load, per average load, yes. per average load, per, per transaction, per number of devices connecting to the database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's guilty of that. Or, and the other thing that I'm, I'm going to per kilobyte of network traffic. I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, per kilobyte of uh, 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 logs being stored yeah. during the day, during the night, uh, and so on and so on. But what I'm going to uh, just say is. When it comes to licensing, I haven't seen any hardware vendor being so obnoxious towards their uh, customers as I have seen uh, for some of the vendors. I'm not going to name them. You should. But I have been blackmailed by vendors in a way that it can be only described as a blackmail because... Oh, I know what you're talking about. I'm going to say who it is. Uh, no, j just wait. We are going to uh, keep it for the next episode. But okay. I'm just going to say that I was blackmailed. Same experience. I was blackmailed. I had to provide information uh, that was completely out of line. Uh, GDPR was... Uh, Non-existent? No, GDPR was broken in so many, uh, in so many ways when the pro information was required. And the problem was that even when with all this, the system that they are employing is to not leave any written trace of what was happening. So it is basically a criminal organization oh. because they are calling you, not writing anything down. They demand the information in a way that it looks like you are providing the information uh, because you want to, so voluntarily, but they're making you through the phone calls. And this is something that we are going to talk. Yeah, we. I can line up a team of 10 people just from my uh, area of uh, some of the consultancy work that I do for locally from Croatia that would tell you the same thing. Yeah, they wanted to start shooting people for that. Because the problem was uh, nobody is now pirating uh, music. Nobody is pirating uh, movies anymore because they are actually... Uh, available on different streaming platforms. You can get almost all the music into, into platform, two platforms or three flight platforms. You can get them for uh, $20 a month. I, I wouldn't say, uh, let, let's not talk about dollars. Let's talk about if I want to pay for a streaming service, it is going to cost me 
less than it takes uh, uh, less than it would what it would cost me to In go time, yeah. no 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 it would cost me to go to a cinema yeah so if I want to go to a cinema I'm going to probably spend around 20 euros and if I want to pay for a single streaming service it's going to be probably eight to nine euros per right month. now yeah. per month so basically if I go to a cinema I'm going to be paying twice as much as if two I would streaming pay. subscriptions so, in one go yes but the software is insanely expensive it's getting more, worse and it's getting worse and the problem is that the way it is getting worse is becoming untenable agreed and uh i'm going to uh stop here because i'm getting uh, worked up and uh the only yeah, thing... me too <laughs> so what we need to do is we are going to talk about licensing sometimes later in the uh, one of the next episodes what i'm going to say is we need to do a proper sign-off why because people actually uh, asked us who we are okay i thought we addressed that but <coughs> so people asked us who we are we addressed that but let us do a proper sign off let us do try to do a proper sign off okay so he was veteran dakic he is he still is but he is not in this episode anymore yes this is Jasmin Rejipovic. Again, he was in this episode, but st he still is and will be. So, uh, thank you for uh, paying attention. In, paying attention. Thank you for uh, not listening. falling asleep. Not falling asleep. And uh, please, please, please leave a comment. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, we also opened a Patreon account if you want to. Su if you want to support us, feel but, free to uh, do so. I must say this. Uh, I'm a. Uh, older person let's say uh i'm getting to seniority when the seniority means uh, people bringing you stuff because you they don't want you to uh get you out of your chair because they are basically concerned that you're going to break something so i'm an older person uh telling please like share and subscribe is a little bit um something that i'm just used to uh hearing from other people hearing from other people yeah, i know I, I was just being sarcastic on the topic of us never yes, wanting to yes, say yes, that yes, but but what i want is uh, comments yes. i want engagement uh not engagement uh, false engagement i want you to comment things and um, make, make a community us. yeah no 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 i don't want to make a community i want to make a fuss so i want people i want people to you want TikTok in youtube comments no nobody who was able to come this far in this episode after two and what half hours uh is going to be one of the people who are watching TikTok. agreed but not what i said so anyways uh let's finish this thing up uh thank you see you next time yes bye bye